Hello, it's Vikas Pota, Chairman of the Vaki Foundation. You are listening to a session from our Global Education and Skills Forum, a place where leading politicians, businesses, philanthropists, activists, and of course, the world's best teachers share, debate, and discover new ways for education to transform our world. Keep the global conversation going and share your thoughts on the topics discussed with the hashtag GESF. Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome. We're going to do our, uh, a very exciting panel session on how EdTech can empower teachers. Uh, my name is John Kim. I'm a senior lecturer at Harvard Business School. And what I'm going to do is I am going to uh, set up the discussion. I have a terrific panel this morning. I'm going to ask each of our panelists to do a quick introduction of uh, their name uh, and their role. Uh, and then I'm going to have an opening question for them. So let me just set this up. I know all of you have been to a lot of panels uh, over the last day or so. And so I've encouraged our panelists to let's have a real discussion. We don't have to all agree with each other. Uh, we're all friends before and after. So we're gonna have a real discussion and do a lot of learning together. Using technology in education, probably best known for harnessing how data can be used to personalize education for students. But, you know, if you really think about it, there's just another strong benefit. Teaching is an incredibly labor-intensive profession, a professional love, profession done by people who care about children. And technology can also be used to truly empower teachers and the way they go about teaching, supporting children. But in so many ways, unlike some other industries, technology seems to have had trouble being totally integrated into the schools. There's a tremendous amount of technology that is purchased by schools and school districts around the world, but the way that it gets integrated into the classroom has been a lot less than what people have seen. So, Despite all this promise, you know, the real the question here is, is technology really about empowering teachers? Why is there so much anxiety about it? Are teachers afraid of being replaced by robots? You know, is this a perception? Uh, is it a friend or foe? Uh, and so really what we want to talk about together is how can ed tech be used to really empower teachers? So let me give you an, uh, an opening question. Just uh, state your name and your role. Uh, and then uh, let's go down the line and then we're gonna have a discussion together for the next 30 minutes. Good? Sound good? Okay, so the opening question is from your point of view, whether it's a head of school, oh, and by the way, this is probably the first panel you've seen where we actually have two students and their student perspective, so I'm really excited about that. So from your, uh, from your perspective as a head of school or as a student, you know, how has technology been used to empower teachers? So please, Bailey. Good morning, everyone. I know that I look younger than both of the students on the stage. Um, but I am the head of schools from Spark Schools in South Africa. And um, for those who may not be familiar, South African education is really in a state of crisis. South Africa is consistently bottom of the world um, in math and science education as well as literacy. Do you want us to answer the opening question now? Well, sure. Okay, please. great. Um, and so our vision is for South Africa to lead education, and we use a blended learning model to ensure that our students have the highest quality education at an accessible cost. Um, and so 
I think we take um, a distinct view about technology in that our students never have access to technology during direct instruction. So I'm excited to speak with you more today about how we use data on the back end to empower teachers rather than making use of hardware and software in the classroom. Thanks. Great, thank you. Ronan. Uh, my name is Ronan Dawes. I'm a student in grade 11 at GEMS World Academy Dubai. And I'm just here to really talk about my uh, insight as a learner and how technology has benefited my learning. And, and so I would say the main way, uh, my school, GEMS World Academy, I would say is very good at integrating technology into learning, uh, not just purchasing it, but actually making it uh, a part of the curriculum. And I would say uh, the main way that it has benefited me is, is through personalizing my learning because of the way the data uh, provided to teachers allows them to see clearly which areas I'm strong in and which areas are weak in, but also which learning styles benefit me the most. Um, and also the fact that the technology allows teachers to see this on a large scale for their classes or for their year, so they can really customize it without having to spend um, too much time one-on-one -on -one, um, learning about the student when they can learn all of this from the data immediately. Great, thank you, Rodan. Tamvi. Um, my name is Tanvi Dingra. I'm a learner at GEMS International School, Al Kale. I'm here to talk about my experience with education and technology and education. And I have a unique experience because I come from a school where technology wasn't used and then I moved to one where technology is required in every class, every single day. And coming from both these schools, I see how technology has allowed me to have a more personal relationship with my teacher because now my teacher isn't just lecturing a class, but they're instead speaking to me and actually caring about what I need and what I think. Great. Thank you. Better turn that on. Turn it on. Yeah, there you go. See, the technology is here. <laughs> so, hello, everyone. I'm Fernando Shire. Uh, I am the founder and CEO of a company called Camino. And it is, uh, our, our project is to get schools all over the world connected through a platform that allows uh, the uh, teachers to do more projects with their students uh, internationally, uh, having their own school connect with schools that are overseas. But this is a startup. Until uh, October, I was the CEO of a Brazilian company called Somos. Somos is the largest uh, K-12 education company in Brazil, and it serves both the public and the private markets there. And there's an enormous difference between uh, the 7 million students that go to private schools and the type of services that they get, including with digital, and the 33 million students that go to public schools that have uh, virtually no access to digital uh, technology. And it was very interesting to see there how a specific product that has developed in Brazil called a learning system, a Sistema de Ensino, which is really a structured material that's used by students to do their exercises and also by teachers to have access to content and to assessments really penetrated the market. So we have almost 50% of the private schools using that. It's a, a lot of it is based on digital. And so there's a lot of uh, uh, learning that comes from, from how that was uh, developed in the country that we can talk about here. Yeah, excellent. And Vegeta. 
Good morning, my name is Vijita Patel. I'm the principal of Swiss Cottage School Development and Research Center in London. Uh, and that is also a teaching school. So we work with an alliance of schools to train future teachers and future leaders. And for us, technology has been quite a pivotal role in our strategy because what we wanted to do is very consciously move from the performance of teachers to the process of learning for our pupils and how technology plays a crucial role in that. And with this, for us, there's a crucial priority around teacher agency. So the role of technology in bringing formative assessment um, into the planning and reflections of our teachers so that they're owning the planning for their next steps with their relationship of the child, but also how they as groups of teachers are able to reflect on practice through the role of technology in video-enhanced reflective practice. So it'll be exciting to share that uh, today as well. Great. Well, you know, maybe we can start because we have such a global perspective here, as well as from the administrator side, from the teaching side, from the student side. Maybe I can just ask a very uh, simple question. Do you think technology in general has been an empowering tool for teachers or has it been a, just a difficult challenge that they've had to relearn the trade and their profession in order to do so? So I'm going to give you, it's a yes or no question, and I'll ask you to raise your hand uh, when I ask the question. Do you think it has been an empowering tool for teachers? Yes? Okay, well, we're going to start with a no. Why not? I wasn't going to raise my hand for the yes or the no. I was going to trick you. Oh, that's why I said it was only two. I wasn't going to give you the middle. I took it anyway. Okay, go ahead. You're the, you got the middle then. My belief is that until a society values its teachers, no tool that it decides to give its teachers or its school leaders, its instructional leaders, will ever be a benefit or an empowerment to them. So I think technology has been empowering in a space where teachers are believed in, where teachers are trusted, um, and I think that technology has been seen as a, a tool of oppression where it hasn't. Um, wow, a tool of oppression. Absolutely. Those are powerful words. Anybody want to respond to that? Fernanda, you got your mic up. Go, yeah. go for it. Well, it's, it's a very interesting comment. The, I believe that it, it is empowering in the sense that it, it can really help a teacher um, with, with data, with more knowledge uh, uh, about who the students are, professional development. But at the end of the day, we have a serious issue, I guess, on how we are inviting teachers to use technology. I mean, it's been at least our experience in Brazil that teachers are being told to use technology without being asked how uh, Technology will really help them. I, I believe that teachers understand the complexities that are inherent to teaching. I mean, you're dealing with a human relationship and, and the variables that are involved in this task, are, there are so many of them and they're so interdependent. You have the school uh, that's super complex. You have the families. You have the uh, circumstances of, the, of each of the students and when you're told that you have to use a technology, uh, if you don't invite this in, a, in the right way, it becomes simplifying something in a, in a, uh, that's something that's super complex. So I think the first thing that we have to do is recognize that technology 
has, or digital technology has not been used in education for 5,000 years, and that does, has not meant that education has not worked. Uh, the, the essence of education is not technology. The essence of education is human relationship, is how, at the end of the day, you, uh, you, you enable, you help a learner understand that they belong to society, no matter what, just by being a human being, that they can, uh, that they need to foster human relations that are powerful. So, Fernando, yeah, let me, let me bring that in, because you're talking about the learner. So let's talk, get it from the point of the learners. Ronick. Um, okay, so I said that it was mainly positive because um, speaking on my personal experience, mm -hmm. I, I would say that the only reason why it's perceived as a foe generally is because some teachers won't have used it. And, and so if they're not familiar with it and they feel like they need to really relearn their style, then I understand why it would be perceived like that. But um, as I mentioned before, I, I believe that my school is really good at encouraging and teaching uh, teachers how to use the technology. Um, so we do a lot of um, professional development with specific tools, um, teaching the students how to really use them. And once they're familiar with it, I don't think any of them, um, particularly the ones that I've spoken to, would perceive it um, as a foe. Um, because once they're familiar with it, it, it's really a tool that can enhance our learning. Yeah, so in what ways can it do that? Okay, so, okay, let's, so let, let's settle that. I mean, in the sense that, so, you know, we, when we add something very significant to the way people have been doing things, I, I think there can always be some resistance mm -hmm. and things of that nature. But what are the real benefits? Tampi, can you start by, you know, because you said you were, went to a school that didn't have it and now you do. So what are the real benefits from your point of view? So, I would just like to bring it back to the point that was brought up that te digital technology hasn't existed in, tech in education for 5,000 years. However, digital technology as a concept didn't exist during that time. Now our world is involved in it. It's something that's part of our everyday nature and denying it from our education is just preventing students from actually being able to participate in society and being able to use this tool because when you're gonna get a job in your future, you're going to have to use digital technology. By limiting its use in education, you're only limiting the students. I think there's a little perception if you're, you know, if you're at least my age, that your students know technology a whole lot better than uh, you. So maybe that's a little bit of it. You, do you feel that so, at all? But the thing is, while we've grown up with digital technology, that just means this is our everyday life. We're used to it. Whereas our teachers, this was something that was brought in later in their lives. So this is an alien concept. But that's also something they've grown up, they've learned to adapt to. Because my teachers, technology is just something they've integrated into their classroom. It's not something that's going to replace them because we still need our teachers to guide us. It can be a helpful tool that they can submit all their work, they can see their data, but it's not something that can replace a teacher. It's only a tool. Well, that's good to hear. Vegeta, what do you think about that? Because you, you actually deal with a very special population and I'm sure that technology can play an incredible role in that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Technology, I want to first say we're at a teaching conference. So teaching is a profession. And yeah. because it's a profession, uh, any teacher in this room, if you feel that it is stopping or sort of disabling you, have a voice uh, and be a part of the conversation to be able to shape what technology is gonna be in your school um, because you're the leader of your classroom. So I really think it's important that school cultures are empowering teachers to have a voice in deciding what the role of technology is. Um, very importantly for us, we're special needs school and we find that technology is at the heart of us unlocking new pedagogies. So uh, our teachers are researchers. The technology is their tool 
uh, to support their reflections. So from formative assessment to reflecting on practice to technology being there to be a form of communication for our pupils, it features in different ways. Most crucially, it's not one size fits all. And I think the power of technology is it being personalized to the needs of the practitioner and the pupils. So it's not gonna look the same across our setting. And that's the beauty of technology is that we're in different journeys on our expertise level with each type of software or hardware that comes. If we're committed to our own professional development, we're gonna grow with our approaches to pedagogy with the technology. Uh, we don't want it to be something that's going to cause a ceiling and crucially in that is teacher agency. So their role alongside the ed tech world co-constructing what that technology can look like in the classroom as well. Can we go a little bit deeper? When we say empowering, that sounds like it's a big word, you know, uh, but what does that really mean? Is it saving them time? Is it allowing the teachers to be much more personal uh, with the students and in a way that they wouldn't have been able to do without the use of technology? What does this actually mean? Uh, yeah, Ronan. Yeah, I would have said um, it, it's really about personalizing and customizing the learning for the student because um, I, I wouldn't a lot of the times technology can be perceived as like removing that interpersonal relationship between a student um, and a teacher, but I would disagree because for example in, in my school we do um, CAT4 and ALICE testing regularly to create uh, distinctive learner profiles for each student. And so um, one of the things that uh, it said would benefit my learning would be um, to help explain to others or to teach others um, and that's one of the things that um, would benefit me. And so my teachers um, put me in a group along with other people with similar profiles. And that's something that's actually really helped me with this year because I think that's benefited my learning a lot. And so that's something that the teachers would never have been able to know without this technology. Um, and it really um, improved the way that they let me learn um, in a way that would never have been possible without it. Okay, so let me, let me maybe pose a little bit of controversy. In the US, especially in the uh, upper income neighborhoods. This, I mean, this is, a, this is a total irony. In Silicon Valley, uh, where you know, a lot of the computer technology that we use today has been developed and constantly being uh, invented there, parents actually want to limit screen time for children because they feel that it is putting a distance between the teacher, the learning, parents, their friends, and, uh, and uh, and their community. So you, Rona, you talk about how it's making the teachers know you better. What actually has to happen inside the classroom for this to actually occur? So that we don't have, you know, one set of learning happening on the screen and another set of uh, learning happening with teachers. What actually needs to happen? Nando, do you want to, do you have a few, because you've actually run a very large uh, system with publishing and teachers and schools. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think you're, you're, raising the point that I was talking about before, that uh, in our minds, education is really about the human relationship. Anything that, that improves the quality of the relationship is an empowerment. Sometimes the data that comes from the technology can, can empower a teacher, in the sense that the teacher will know more about how a student performs uh, when compared to a larger base of, uh, 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 you know, a, a number of, of students who are also doing the same exercise and so forth. Brazilian uh, practice has been in that, uh, in that area. I mean, the, there are 
numbers of students uh, uh, that are connected to the structured material called learning systems, by which every day you have uh, each student being, their results being compared to more than uh, the other million students who are doing the same exercise. So that could really help a teacher. I guess th at the end of the day, what is troubling is the circumstance in which the teacher would no longer have the ability to, uh, uh, um, to have a direct relationship by which the, the student understand that it's more than just learning and having good grades, but having the relationship with the other students, with the teachers, with their families as the key element of learning. That's what they should be learning and about. Then, so let me talk to Bailey, because you started off by saying it's not, about the, uh, it's not about the equipment, it's about all the data that feeds in. So tell us about how you're doing that in your schools. So I think our view is that it's the quality of the experience with technology that matters more than the quantity of time. Um, and I think to Ronan's point, and frankly, maybe it should just be the students up here, um, <laughs> technology, in our case, we think empowers teachers because they're able to personalize more, to customize more. And that doesn't necessarily also mean more data. I think. Um, there is so much data and whether we're making use of it for deliberate choices in our learning model is our challenge. Um, but what we do see is that when we are specific about where technology is used, meaning we literally segregate the spaces inside of our learning spaces for use of technology versus direct instruction, we can see the relationships being really developed uh, between teachers and our Spark scholars and between scholars themselves. So there is a, a real temptation to insert technology where we think content mastery is lower. And I think our challenge is rather to choose to insert technology where we think it can increase the personalized experience for scholars. And Tamvi, you know, we, we're talking a lot about integrating technology into the classroom experience. You're, you're, uh, you're, you told us that you spent some time in a school that didn't have it and now you are. Do you think there was a real difference in the type of teachers? Uh, was there a discernible difference to you in the type of teachers that you had in one school versus the other? Because we're really talking about empowering teachers and integrating it. Uh, do they need a different type of teacher? What, what was your experience? I think that's the misconception with technology, that it puts up a screen between you and the teacher. Because I found that without screens, all my teachers did was lecture me while the entire class was taking <laughs> notes. There wasn't really any communication going on. I could never go to that teacher, ask them questions. They, we never had a relationship. It was just them lecturing me during class time, and that was it. Whereas with these screens, with the technology, my teacher will come to me. They will look at the work that I am doing. They have an ability to look at my data, to personalize what I need. And I feel that it actually allows a more close, intimate relationship because in this school, I have the ability to go to my teachers outside of class time to ask them questions. And they aren't just someone who teaches me now. There's an adult I can go to and someone I trust. So I think this makes experience better. And maybe I'll then turn to Vijita. Vijita, do you think that um, in your case, in the school that you uh, head, that technology has been a, a tool that has really helped your teachers to save time, get closer to the students. What has been the essential benefit for them? 
certainly has reduced workload and um, our school is not a classic school so what might look like books in another school that are marked um, is video and images that are annotated and shared directly to the family via an app and a website so that they know the learning that has happened in the week and they're then sending in what they felt learning has been at home. So it's giving this more 360 picture around the, the progress that the pupils are making. I think that crucially, um, I think even if we think of what Rowan and Thunvi has said, curriculum historically is about knowledge, content, build up. So we're trying to build up this knowledge to develop expertise towards um, the next stage. If we put that and let go and place some of that in the hands of the pupils. Um, what you're learning on your own through technology is something that we need the technology in the classroom to meet them at, so meet the pupil at their point of learning. Um, that's certainly what we feel in our setting, um, and I don't think it needs to be just a special needs setting that's benefiting from that, because it's the journey of learning for every individual child, which is then enhancing the coaching and mentoring relationship that a teacher has to further the depth of that understanding and to, to deepen potentially the passion or interest in that area as well. You know, it seems like even though we have a school in the UK, you know, with Brazil, South Africa, you know, Dubai, there's a lot of similarities, uh, you know, across the board. And I guess it's a little bit of what we consider technology itself. I suppose we could have said the chalk and the, you know, and the blackboard was the first piece of technology that we had. And now we're really thinking about apps and uh, computers and things of that nature. As we look forward, and then I'm gonna let the audience ask a couple of questions. Uh, as we look forward, maybe we can just go down the line and I'll ask the very, uh, very specific question around what do we need to do as educators or policymakers to encourage greater use of the appropriate technology to help teachers? What do we need to do? Uh, we talked a little bit about you know, the reluctance to use it, changing practice, uh, what are the benefits, but what do we need to do? Let's start with you. We need to champion educators as professionals and provide them the professional development and opportunities to be trusted and equipped so that they can serve their scholars better. Okay. Um, I would say, um, to echo what Tanvi said, like regardless of whether or not teachers like using technology, it's most likely gonna become um, an integral part of each student's jobs or daily lives in the future as we become a more technological society. So I think that we just need to encourage teachers um, by familiarizing with them and, and making it clear uh, how specific technologies can be used so that they're not afraid to use things that they're unfamiliar with. Okay. Uh, similar to what Ronan said, the biases against technology and the assumption that somehow technology can replace teachers, that needs to be erased and changed. Yeah, I think we need to maintain a much higher quality dialogue with the teachers about the how they should be using technology, and they have to decide that. And I think that we, um, we to the extent that they accept that, we should be uh, adding a lot of content, data, and professional develop, development so that they can use it in a way that they, that they see fit, useful. How about you? Having worked with a lot of policy leads on Friday, the reality of accountability in national curriculums is there, and what we need to do is as we prepare for this next generation, 
bring business alongside educators so that this potential of innovation is the lever to support that transition of the current sort of industrial model into the model that we're all seeking to define together. Yeah, Teachers need to be at the heart of that. Yeah, so I see that one, one common theme from all of you is that we need to come sit together and have this conversation. Oftentimes, I think these conversations happens in isolation policymakers, teachers, and students, and administrators. We have three minutes, and um, we can take, uh, I think, two questions. So what I'll, I'm going to ask you to do is please ask a question. Please don't make a statement uh, and so that I can get the panelists involved. Is there a mic? Uh, oh, yes. Thank you, Carla. How, uh, how about one over here and uh, the gentleman in the back with a hat? Very good morning. Uh, good morning. I'm Stanley from Singapore. So. Uh, we basically design, I want to ask a challenge, uh, the question about the challenge facing designing products for teachers. So basically, uh, we have de uh, developed a, a product for hundreds of schools in Singapore, Philippines, Indonesia. We have done something quite successful for the students end, but we always find it very challenging to design products for teachers for two reasons. Number one. So what is the question? So my question is getting the, their, their inputs on the challenge that I face as a product designer to design products for teachers. Oh, how do you get, okay, so the question is, how do you get uh, input from teachers the for product design? Two, two challenges on their inputs. Mm -hmm. Number one, the, the use case for teachers, uh, homogeneous use case is very limited. Right, for every teacher's daily life is very different. The teacher from Singapore is different from the teacher from Philippines. And uh, we don't see a lot of homogeneous uh, kind of use case across all the teachers around the world. Uh, maybe the basic uh, common f use case like search is dominated yeah. by Google. And right? so your question is, because we only have two minutes. Sure, the other one is motivation, right? So the motivation among teachers, again, differentiate a lot. Okay. We don't have the traditional B2B motivation like driving profit. Uh, are reducing costs okay, for teachers. Okay, so product development input right. and motivation. Correct. Okay, so let me just, uh, so sure. the question is how do you get those two things in? So I want to hear the inputs on these two challenges of designing products for teachers. Okay, great. Gentleman yeah. in the back. Yeah, I'm very worried. Um, worried because there are these ways that have been produced there. Teachers are invited, teachers are taught. Why can you not involve the teachers in the development of these technologies other than inviting them? other than telling them that this is the technology. Secondly, um, in, it, in the development of these technologies, do you involve curriculum centers or do you align the technologies according to the curriculum of that particular country? Okay. Um, so I heard two questions. Thank you. How do you invite them and how do you involve them in the curriculum? In, in the design of it. I think they're very similar questions. Maybe we can combine them. It's like, how do you involve them in that product development? It's very localized. And then how do you motivate them to come together? Uh, do you want to start? you have your mic up? I'd love to. Um, and uh, so we have a teacher in the audience here and a principal from Spark. And the reason that they're here is because they won an innovation summit last year. So we invite our teachers, um, our operational staff, our school leaders to tell us about the ways that they have made the experience better for scholars, for staff, and for parents. And to me, it's not just about simply inviting them, it's about raising awareness about the incredible things that they're already doing on the ground to make things better for the people that they serve. Um, and so I think that speaks to inviting them in terms of product, and the simple answer, I think, is ask them. 
Um, they're quite willing to share their opinions and really have the best context on the ground. Okay, so invite them. How about one last uh, more? We have Fujita. So we've had uh, researchers linked in our school. We link them directly to the class teacher. They do short and long-term studies and innovation development, but they're bringing the pupils into it as well. So I think it's really important to know that on the product design side, they're not going to say no. They're going to say yes and make an advisory board place teachers and pupils on it and parents, and you're going to have a product that is not going to be homogenous. On the second question, um, it's really important for teacher empowerment that we as a profession are making sure that we've got a voice in co-collaboration. Um, so I think that's crucial because the, the children of the future that are sitting next to us, um, they are experts far more than the rest of us on this panel. So actually a lot of that is about the pupils being at the heart of it as well. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Vijita, Fernando, Tamvi, Ronan, Bailey, thank you very much. Please join me in thanking them.